0: incredibly successful in their interactions regardless of what it is now this all comes down to what they call in nlp the frame the frame is the way that people frame things whether they frame themselves as extremely powerful whether they frame the outcome beforehand so they know exactly the steps they need to take in order to achieve it sometimes it could be manipulative Maybe you could frame the other person in a way, and maybe this is not manipulative. So if you frame somebody as an absolute idiot, then subsequently the way that you treat them, they'll pick up subconsciously that there's something wrong with them. And this is manipulative, and it will cause poor long-term outcomes. But you could look at somebody who, say, is just not quite getting a concept And rather than be really frustrated and agitated with them, you could have a kind of pity frame that you feel sorry that they don't understand it, and they'll pick up at least that you empathise with them. And from that, they'll actually sometimes come to your point of view. But whatever you do, the person with that strong, powerful frame is going to be the person of greater influence. Or as they say, the person with the strongest frame Wins, if you want to put it in that sort of dichotomy, but a win win is way more preferable. So, a large part, as I said, of framing is controlling your frame. And from that powerful frame, you'll be in control of 60% of the battle or more. And that's covered extensively in the book Personal Upgrade. But this episode is going to focus on framing in terms of interactions. Because when you're in, in interaction, it's a very dynamic situation. You can frame yourself as being completely powerful and that will help in so many ways. But as soon as you get face to face with another individual who has their own ideals, outcomes, preferences, suddenly things are very fluid. And the way that you interact will be massively impactful on the outcome. And if you go in there egotistical, sometimes taking framing wrong and say, well, I've got this powerful frame, then people are going to think you're a jerk and not really have much to do with you. But if you have that strong, powerful frame, but you have those dude aspects that we talk about from Alpha Dude that you're loving and caring, that you really care about the other person, then this is kind of an irresistible combination. Just think about any amazing mentor or stereotypical or even better, archetypical teachers and leaders who are incredibly warm, successful, charismatic, and they usually have this combination of that warmth, loving component and this strong, wise component. The combination is really powerful. But this is all to do with you again, about framing yourself. Framing the outcome is really tricky because you have to have an idea of what you want and that fluidity comes into it. It's getting harder to talk about it in the abstract, so let's just look at examples. Let's say that you're a shopkeeper and you wanna sell something to someone. Let's say that you're a health professional and you wanna motivate somebody to do something. Maybe it's a physio to get someone to do their exercises, a doctor to get someone to take their medications. Whatever it is, it's all about trying to make it so that your outcome is the one that wins out. And if you've checked box number one, that you have that strong frame, which is essentially the alpha do frame. That's amazing. If you check box number two, which is that what you want is actually in benefit of the customer, or the patient, or whatever the person is, and you're not doing it just to manipulate them, then that's also incredible. And these two steps will probably solve most of the problems that you come up against but not all of them. So the rest of the episode will focus on step number three. And that is looking for objections, looking for problems. And the best way to do this is to just visualize that you are in that situation and that you're as directly as possible asking that person to do something. So you're asking the customer to buy the product, you're asking the patient to do their exercise, you're asking the client to write down their goals, whatever it is, visualize it, make it clear, make it so that you're actually going through it. Because that's that whole pre-motor cortex that starts kicking in, that part of your brain that experiences it as being mostly true before you've even done it. It's the part of the brain that actually gets activated in the moment as well. If you're about to talk to a client or you visualize doing so, the same part of your brain gets activated. And this is imperative because it is as real as it can be without actually going there. So there is actually scientific evidence that this process is real it's not just some wishy-washy visualization hopeful technique so think about the situation you've asked the customer to buy the product and now you get the response now if you are really optimistic and you've had these amazing successes before you'll probably get a yes now just imagine that you get a no and they give you an objection. Now, write down the list of objections that they give you or that they could give you, and just imagine it happening. You say to the person, so do you want to buy this amazing car? And they say, no, I'm just looking. No, it's too expensive. No, I don't like the color. Whatever it is, go through it. The next step is handling the objections. Now, obviously, if you work in that area and you've had experience, so it helps going through your past experiences of what you can say. If you have expertise in that area, then you know how to answer specific questions and problems. And you can even use the reframing technique in order to respond to their objections. So this may look like, you're the car salesman, you say, Would you like to buy this car? And the person says, No, it's too expensive. You could reframe it and say, Well, I understand that this car is more expensive than the other models, but the fact is that it is much cheaper to run. And over one year, it's shown that it uses a lot less fuel than other cars. So you'll actually be saving money in the future, if it's true, of course. When people give objections, Also listen to see how specific they are. So if they give you four or five specific objections, that means that they're in the ballpark, that they're perhaps more open to considering it. However, if somebody gives you a very general objection, it usually means that they're checked out and you're not even on their radar. So this changes the way that the interaction goes again. The other thing is that with objections, you have to be absolutely congruent. So if you have that strong, powerful frame, then your body language, your voice, tonality, everything has to match and line up and continue throughout the response. So that's why it's important that when you do this, that you do it in several ways. Firstly, you visualize it mentally. Secondly, you write down the response. And then thirdly, you just make it so it's second nature, so it just pops up into your head. So it's just a natural response. And this is a flow-on effect from having a strong frame. Also, if you pre-frame the entire outcome beforehand, then you'll likely be much more successful. And what I think is better for ourselves in general is to pre-frame the outcome in general. So rather than putting everything on the line and saying, my whole day, depends on selling to this customer. That's probably not going to help. But if you say that I am certain that I'm going to sell a car today, then that takes the pressure off if that person says no because you know the next customer's there. And as I've talked about, sometimes it's literally a numbers game. Sometimes you just have to work out that there are five yeses for 50 no's And so that means you make 55 calls to get those five yeses. But you can help it, whatever you do, by having the best technique. Get that five up to ten, whatever it is. And apologies for keeping on with this sales analogy because, one, it's just very generic and you can see how it translates to multiple areas of your life. And, two, I work with so many people, but more recently a lot of people in sales. But back to it, so we've got the steps. One, you create the strong frame for yourself. Two, you create a strong outcome frame, what you'd like to happen, but more of a general type gist, not that you live and die with that one interaction. Number three is that before the event happens, you run through mentally, asking directly, and then watching the objections. After that, you go through and you write down the responses, you verbalize them, you visualize your responses, you make it so it's second nature and that you're congruent in giving your responses, that you're congruent in your frame throughout the whole process, that you've practiced everything and you have the fluidity to change your approach to different people. And the final stage is when you can learn to love objections. You get an objection and you know wow, I can handle this and it feels amazing when you do this properly. So that is also incredibly powerful. When handling objections, as always, it's best to be upfront, use your expertise and address them in the right way. You can use techniques like reframing their objections as we've discussed already, But you can also use parts from NLP as well, like going meter, changing the perspective, making it so that it's either bigger picture or even maybe smaller picture. Let's say that you're selling premium stationery and you've got a stapler that's 20% more expensive than other retailers. And they object that it's too expensive. And then you can say, well, I understand that, but it's only like a couple of dollars, and you've got a stapler that lasts you for life. By making the investment a relatively small commitment, by outlining that it's only just a couple of dollars, it makes it so what they're objecting to is not much. And nothing's foolproof, but as I said, it's just lining up everything in order to get the best outcomes available. So from here, it's all up to you. A lot of people know this sort of thing, but very few people actually put the effort in. And I implore you to find an area in your life that you think you might benefit from applying this. Because if you have all the objections answered beforehand, you're never gonna be tongue tied. You're never gonna run out of words And you're never going to get caught out. And that's an amazing experience. So what I suggest is that you reverse engineer it. Think about somewhere in your life where you do get caught out, where you feel like you should know the answer, but you don't. And you get frustrated with it. Maybe you go home and just have that voice in your head ruminating, why do I always do that? This is your chance not to do it anymore. So find that area that you need to pay attention to and actually run through the exercise. Don't just listen to the podcast, turn off and go to the next episode of Joe Rogan. Whatever you do, go through this, get the techniques, try it on, change your life, and then listen to your next podcast. In the meantime, I hope it works and I'll see you on the next episode.